Hello and welcome to Rocket's Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Smile. Oh, wow. Thin Mint's still stuck in my throat there. Hello, folks. I'm Simone de Rochefort, senior video producer at Polygon.com, and I'm here today with Brianna Wu, Democratic candidate for Congress, and Christina Warren, senior cloud advocate for Microsoft, person who has historically cursed in front of a Girl Scout at possibly <laughs> one time, maybe more. Yep, yep, it, it yep, yep. Would you care to comment, Christina? They were they were taking a tour of the Mashable office, and I didn't realize they were there, and I just... I was me. And They're so small, you just can't see them over the desks. It wasn't even that. I just, they walked in. I, I was in the middle of some rant about something. And anyway. <laughs> I mean, if you think about the trajectory of the show, you've also been a very bad influence on Simone. I mean, look at her. <laughs> That's you know? very true. Like, you've look been at cursing me. in front of her. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I frankly, I'm proud of these things. I think that Simone is a better person because of her exposure to Aunt Christina. Like, probably, I think the big probably. sister Christina has like really helped Simone's growth and development. And just like my older sister taught me all the curse words, I've taught them all to Simone. I feel like this is a good thing. <laughs> We've grown so much over these four years. Five. Possibly five years. <laughs> the one thing Christina couldn't teach me was math. We've got an exciting show for you today. Not only will Christina be continuing to teach me all the life lessons that she's learned, my cool aunt, uh, we're going to be talking about some watchOS 7 and iPad leaks, um, as well as some exciting headphone leaks, and of course, another installment of Scamtown. This one, particularly ridiculous. (laughs) I, on, I I can't wait for this because I, I just want Christina to, or Brianna, whichever one of you wants to lay it all out for me. Oh, my God. Um, But first, we have actually, a, a, it's not like a fun coronavirus update, but this is probably my favorite story out of the epidemic that we are now living through. It is the story of the students in China who uh, were given a homework app called Ding App that they were supposed to use. Their teachers were using the app to assign them homework. And the students banded together, realized that if they gave the app enough bad ratings in the app store, it would be forcibly removed from the app store. <laughs> and they did it. They, <laughs> they, learned they banded the power together, got this app from four stars down to one. I, I, I love it so much. And then apparently uh, the the app was like, I too am just a child. You know, I'm just five years old. Don't kill me or something like oh, that. No. Like the app itself like made its pleas to, 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 to live on. At least this is according to the London uh, Review of Books and, and their translations. But well done, Wuhan kids. I just have to say like this has to be a really awful situation to be kind of trapped and not really able to go anywhere. But honestly, like I think we can all commiserate and... Uh, identify with the kids who just want to get out of doing homework and are just like, just like, let's just let this snow day last forever. That's mm-hmm. how I feel anyway. Yeah. You know, when we would sometimes have snow days or other things, it was like, let's just let this go on and on and on and and never go back to school. You know, you need it, but you're just like, let's just have summer vacation early. Like I'm, I, I more power to them. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really, really loving what they're doing. Yeah, that's gaming the system. I, I respect that. That's leadership skills. That's uh, teamwork. I, I think they learn more from this than they could have in school, probably. I, I agree. I think it's it's very smart. They're, they're also learning like real-world skills, which is that the ranking system on some of these app stores is really bad if all it takes to get removed is low <laughs> ratings. Like, honestly, it's, it's, it's really good skills. So, well done. Well done, Wuhan kids. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's so good. Brief correction. It's called Ding Talk, not Ding App. I think I said it wrong. But uh, you can find that piece linked in our show notes. Uh, it is very good. Um, um, uh, what, what, one other thing before we get into our news, uh, just a quick follow up. Uh, we talked a few weeks back or this back actually a couple months now um, about uh, the bad decisions that Sonos was making regarding their recyclable oh, yeah. option. Uh, Sonos has uh, listened to the room and uh, no more will putting devices in recycle mode brick your device. So they are no longer going to brick devices that people put into recycle mode so they can get a 30% discount code on new units. So that's a really good thing for actual <laughs> recycling and, and passing things on and probably came because of the backlash from users. But look, I, I, I applaud it. I'm glad that they're doing that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Not that you will be able to see anyone in person to give them your old Sonos device because we are all going to be quarantined very soon. <laughs> this is true. This is true. No one will oh. be able to get my old devices. However, uh, maybe, you know, look, at one point, at some someday this will this will end, hopefully. So mm-hmm. And it, let me just briefly say I'm 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 being a little flippant, but I'm also probably going to be uh are it's very likely that we are not going to be able to go into the office sometime this week. So, yes, I will be in my home. I mean, I already can't go into the office. Yep. So, cheers. I envy that that can be your job because I, I still have to I go shake I hope you are washing your hands. hands like a mother flipper, Brianna I, Wu. You have no idea. I, I was so glad that I've gone to so many conferences. And do you know when you fly back and you just throw the hand sanitizer they give you in a bag and never yep. think about it? I Same. went through all my old luggage and found like a ton of it. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I've, I've so, been going through the same thing, you know, because like everybody's like Purell, everybody, nobody has hand sanitizer. And I've literally been going through all of my like dozens and dozens and dozens of amenity kits and getting the sanitizer out. So I was like, okay, yeah, here we go. Cause I'm, I'm getting on it on an airplane right after we record the show. Uh, this is for pleasure, not for work, but, uh, yeah, I'm trust me. I'll, I'll be, uh, washing the hands, sanitizing it up, doing all the things. Cause I actually have a heartwarming story. So I went to buy, um, Clorox or Lysol wipes uh, because I was totally out, like unrelated to the virus. I needed more Lysol wipes and then I also wanted them because I wanted to purify my doorknobs. Uh, Dwayne Reed completely sold out of basically any cleaning spray that you could imagine because people are freaking out. Um, And I went up to the counter and I mentioned like, man, when when do you think you guys have got another shipment in? And the manager had a little canister of Clorox wipes behind the counter and it wouldn't ring up because it wasn't in the system. And he gave them to me for free. It was so nice. And now my house is so clean. And yet I still can't (laughs) stop touching my face. Let's talk about some tech news. All right. So 9to5Mac reports based on some leaked iOS 14 code that watchOS 7 will finally include sleep tracking, as has been rumored for a long time. Also, some of the other things that they found in the code, potentially the ability to share your watch faces with friends and family, as well as a new Infograph Pro watch face with a tachymeter feature, which I learned from reading this story, is used on analog watches to convert elapsed time into speed based on travel time or distance. Uh, We'll find out more about these rumors at WWDC, if and when (laughs) there is a WWDC. I imagine, I mean, do you guys think they're going to do a remote conference? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like they, what's the, the over-under on? Jason Snell wrote about this, how, you know, uh, it's probably going to be a small thing in Steve Jobs Theater if they end up canceling it. They could even just have Apple people there who will certainly applaud, right? Yeah. Or just really get more selective about journalists. Yeah, even then, I mean, if... I don't know if it were me. If you're going to cancel the whole thing, bringing journalists out, unless there's an explicit reason why you need to do your press briefings in person or whatever, having them in the theater. If you're just going to be live streaming the whole thing, doesn't really matter. Just live stream it, and then just have the sessions live streamed. But yeah, no, I well, mean at the, this point, the hands-on is such a critical part of Apple hype, right? That's what I wanted to ask about. Was like, do they? What do they gain by having it in person versus what could they gain by announcing the cool new features that can and will come out? remotely yeah i mean that's the thing it's like it'd be it'd be the, the 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 briefings but the big thing is i mean for the actual attendees going there in person has a lot of value but if you're not going to have that part and if you're already saying if you're wanting to risk doing it for exposure then it seems weird to say well we'll allow this group of people but not this group so it might be one of those things where it's like okay we'll do briefings close to where you know journalists are so maybe have briefings in mm. new york or san francisco or london or yeah or wherever I don't know. I'm not sure how they'll do that. I mean, that's not it's not until June, so with any hope, things will be calmed down by then. I I, I still feel like if you're going to cancel something, that's probably going to come sooner rather than later, but that it, if things are cleared up by June, you could, you know, have a broader like mm-hmm. media plan, right? I mean, if they do end up doing it in Steve Jobs Theater, I feel like then they have a little more bubble to decide when to cancel it or if to cancel it or not. Like you said, hopefully this will be under control in June and people will be able to book flights and get out there. But if they're not, I guess, if they don't have to reserve the space because the space is theirs, then I don't really see a downside to 
holding off on announcing. Because it's an Apple event. People go for it if they can go. Oh, oh, but no, Simone, I I really disagree with that. WWDC, it's the developer conference. This is this is huge. I mean, you know, the talk show live is an institution. Uh Jim Dalrymple over at the loop has his whole whole fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is this is this is a really, really big deal. It's That's certainly fair. not just about hands-on um, you know, time in developer labs and, and the keynote. That's what you experience on the outside. Well, the no, inside, I mean, I, I, yeah. I understand that, Brie. I just feel like at this point, if, you're, if they're going to need to cancel or, or they, need, they need to go forward, the thing is, more than likely, there is going to be a cancellation. And it's disappointing, yeah. just as like it's disappointing for F8 and for IO sure. and for other developer conferences. Apple's not unique here in any stretch of the imagination. It's, oh, really, disa- it's really disappointing. But my, my thought is, if they are going to... Um, but but you have to announce like they haven't like the, the difference between WWDC and some of these other ones is that those other ones tickets have been for sale and people had started making plans. Apple hasn't even confirmed when the dates are yet. So if they haven't confirmed when the dates are and, and if people don't know if they can fly out or come out or not, like the longer they last, like the harder it's going to be for anybody to be able to come out and make those plans anyway or for them to sell tickets. So to me, like they don't need to announce tomorrow what they're doing. I'm sure it makes sense to, to wait some, but I'm definitely thinking that they're not going to be doing their traditional thing just because yep. if they were, people already needed to be, you know, making their plans. Because yeah, the booking who, hotels who, and stuff. Right, because because only a select number of people have the opportunity to attend and many of those people come from very far distances and it's not fair to say, okay, well, we'll give you it's not like for the press where you can say, okay, you have a week notice and or a few days and we'll, you, we will expect that you will book a flight and come out here. Like, that's not a fair thing to do for, you know, develop a conference, especially for people who, you know, come out even if they're not going to be able to attend because they want to go to to Jim's, um, you know, Beard Bash or they want to see the talk show live or they want to do any of the other things, you know, so. No, I definitely agree with that. I'm just saying, uh, you know, a Apple is ultimately – well, Apple less so, but many, many tech institutions are only as strong as their development ecosystem, right? And mm. I'm just saying if WWDC gets canceled, that's going to have an impact in the the games and the apps and the the deals and the innovation you see on the system. I don't think it's worth having it. I'm just saying there's a non-zero impact. No, yeah. of course, of course, of course there's a massive impact. But I mean, again, I think this is the, the, the same case for all the other companies, which is why places I think people are waiting as long as they can to announce what they're going to be doing or not doing. Um, uh, disclosure, I have no idea what's going to happen with Microsoft Build. There have been no announcements as of right now. It's still happening, but I have no idea if that's going to be the case or not. Um, I, I would I would think the same thing that I'm saying about the other events, you know, looking at the trajectory. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to speculate, but uh, I think that anybody who's looking at any of these types of events has to be looking at plans B and C and D and E. And, and it's it's unfortunate for every company and every, you know, not just tech companies, but anybody who's having to go through these sorts of, like mm-hmm. South by Southwest is another great example. Upfronts, talk about, you want to talk about big impact. Let's Upfronts go are, back are being to talking canceled. about some of the leaked things from the code. Yes. Yes. Um, so we've so got. I'm excited about the Apple Watch. Can we start with that? Yes. Yeah, totally. Start with Apple Watch. Sleep tracking. So, so yes, what am I. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, Sorry, that was my thought. <laughs> No, no, no. What I was going to say is, uh, so I, I've grown to really love and depend on my Apple Watch um, for a lot of reasons. I think it's really developed into something that when it first came out, it, there was this line that uh, uh, Walt Mossberg had about it. That if he left his iPhone at home, he would not. He would turn around and get it in the car. If it was his Apple Watch, he wouldn't. I used to feel that way. I don't anymore. Um, and one of one of my very 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 favorite um, apps inside of my Apple Watch is my sleep tracker. I absolutely love this. Um, it lets me know when I went to bed. It lets me know if I'm I'm pushing it too too <laughs> much for campaigning too hard. I I do worry that Auto Sleep, which is kind of the the king sleep tracker app, it has gotten to be really 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 good. And I always worry about smaller developers when Apple comes along and builds in a feature that's what they do and what's going to happen to their business. But uh, overall, like I would love to see Apple do this in a way that's uh, less destructive on your battery. Um, I just, I think this is a a great step forward. How do you all feel? It makes sense because it's already part of iOS, 
right? In that, I, like, I yeah. use the alarm app and it tracks the hours that I sleep based on, like, my interactions with the phone. And am I picking it up in the middle of the night? Yes, I am, because I'm turning on a podcast so that I can fall to, fall asleep. Um, so it makes absolute sense to me that with something that you could wear on your body while you're asleep that could potentially get deeper information um, that they would want that data uh, <laughs> on their app rather than on a third-party app. Yeah, no, I, I'm really hopeful for this. The only thing I think that's been holding them back up to this point has been battery life. And But it was interesting. I think it was it was last um, um, watchOS uh, version. I think it was watchOS 6 or, or, or uh, whatever the current version is. I think they introduced some APIs that made sleep tracking better. And there have been people who had done things like that beforehand, you know, in apps that would work, but they, they made it even better. It makes sense for it to be built in as um, an activity the same way as any of your other exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The only thing for me that I found is when I, with my current Apple Watch, which I love, you know, the always on face doesn't mean that my battery life is not as good as it was on my previous Apple Watch. So my Apple Watch 4 had the best battery life. My Apple Watch 5, because it's got the always on face, doesn't have as good a battery life. Um, so my my concern would be battery life, not even so much for like me, because I know that like if you put it in sleep mode, I'm sure that it, the screen would be off or whatever. It's just like, okay, am I going to have to charge my watch before I go to bed so that it can, you know, like track my sleep? Like that's the only thing I'm trying to try to figure out is like, okay, I know that when I shower in the mornings and things like that, I, I can have time to not have my watch on and have it charging. I'm just trying to figure out, okay, what's my charging cycle so that I can actually wear this? overnight for it to for it to track my sleep. Well, I mean, what I did is I started, um, I put, a, I bought a second Apple Watch charger and I kept it near my uh, office computer. So my my charging cycle has gone from, uh, rather than charging it at night, I charge it at the computer when I first get to the office. And if I forget to do that, or if I packed one of my uh, chargers, uh, then what I do is like the hour I spend in bed surfing my iPhone <laughs> before I sleep, that's when I'm charging it. And I don't think I'm alone. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Okay, yeah, because because that's my, my that's my concern. See, because usually, like with the Apple Watch Four, I think I would have had enough time to be able to to sleep with it and then just charge in the morning. But with the the new one, my battery life is typically less, so I I would be concerned like, oh, is this gonna you know fall off when I'm asleep? Uh, but that's not a bad idea. If, okay, if I'm charging it before I go to sleep and then just keep in mind, all right, just just put this on while I'm sleeping. That would be good. Um, what it might also do is just convince me to have two Apple Watches, one to sleep in and, and one to, to do during the day. Oh, my God. That's such a Christina solution. I know. Well, a lot of us have, like, uh, old, de- like, deprecated Apple Watches. Yeah, that's a legit move right there, I think. I love the idea of you putting on your negligee, taking your old Apple Watch off the charger and strapping it on your wrist, <laughs> putting on one of those little eye masks. Settling in for a long night's sleep. Um, exciting news for me. I just realized that since I configured my new charger setup, I can use the app, the Snore Lab app, which your phone needs to be plugged in to have it work. I can finally use it to see if I snore or not. Oh. I'm going to guess yes. Just, no. just a gut feeling. No, yes. you shut up. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm also so, going to well, say yes. It's what's, what would be weirder. And, you know, like. Uh, just own it, Simone. Like, for me to make noises you know? in the night rather than sleeping like a corpse. It it could be gr- it could be like werewolf growls. <gasps> I mean, who knows? You know, and it records just, it need too. That information, which like yes. you know, usually I'd be like my data, but I want to know. <laughs> um, Anyways. There's another uh, feature that leaked in this, uh, the thing about the Thank Apple Watch. It's really, really interesting. Uh, so uh, this is almost certain, well, of course, it's going to require new hardware. So this is hinting more towards what the next uh, Apple Watch will be. But they found some traces in the code about uh, blood oxygenation. Oxygenation? Oxygenation, the level of blood oxygenation, uh, which between 95 and 100% is is normal. If you think about it, this is a feature that is very critical for telling if you're about to go into uh, respiratory arrest mm-hmm. because of a respiratory blockage. So this could actually be a very relevant feature with uh, coronavirus. Yeah, no, it'd be good, good for, for lots of things uh, and, and definitely goes with their their health um, uh, you know, initiatives. I I like that a lot. Um, I'm 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 a big fan of 
of improving that sort of thing. Um, I, I think that there are, are a couple of other devices. I think Garmin might have some that'll that'll like test like blood oxygen levels. Um, I think it's typically one of those things. A lot of times that like athletes look at too to try to see you know certain um, uh, uh, I guess stamina points and, and see things. I might I might be wrong on that, but I think that's something that runners look at too. But that definitely would be would be good and gets us. I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm hoping for the glucose monitor uh, to happen at one point. I think that once we once we could do something like that, plug in with a glucose monitor. That's that's when it'll be really mm-hmm. really awesome. Have those gotten miniaturized to the point where it's feasible? Oh, uh, I don't think so. I'm just yeah. saying this is like my pie in the sky. Like, oh, it would be it. awesome. Like one day in the in the future, and, and it probably won't be that far off. But you know, a few years in the future, decade, whatever, being able to have your glucose monitor from your Apple Watch would be really incredible. Maybe Apple could hire Elizabeth Holmes. I mean, she's not doing oh, much. Oh, that's a really good idea. In. Make it happen. Uh, that's a really good idea. <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably. It depends on, uh, you know, she she can't serve uh, uh, on the public board of a company. But, hmm. um, yeah, I mean, she does have she does have one. She she has her, her lesser charges that she's, she's still going to apparently go to trial for unless she um, settles but takes some sort of plea deal. But, yeah. We still have that bet, Brianna. Oh, oh, yeah, we do. Have you officially lost the bet, Brie? No, uh, we won't. Okay, know. it's still on. It's still on. Yeah, it's still on. I, I just officially lost. I think you mean officially won. Officially lost. That's I wasn't sure because I saw that yes. uh, it was like something had been resolved and that, but it's not, not looking good for Team it's not, Brianna. It's, it's not looking yeah. good for, for, for Team Brianna at all. Uh, <laughs> a, at all because they, they settled with her and she. Uh, so she kind of got off scot-free with a little, you know, like a slap on the wrist sort of thing. So she settled on a lot of the big charges. So, uh, yeah. Uh, look, as I said, I, ho- I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I'm going to take a brief break from this to tell you guys that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Text Expander from our friends at Smile. <laughs> you can save time typing and boost your productivity with Text Expander. Text Expander lets you instantly insert snippets of text as you type using a quick search or abbreviation. And you can create snippets for anything that you type frequently. They can be simple things like your phone number or something more complex like customizable long forms with fill-in fields and automatically calculated dates. What? Text Expander works everywhere you type without special plugins. So you can use it in your email. You can use it in word processors in spreadsheets. Oh my God, think about that. No more formulas. You can use it in web apps and services and more businesses like yours. Use Text Expander every day to manage and share snippets with employees and keep the whole team on track. So if you want to learn more about Text Expander, you can sign up for one of their free webinars, including Power Tools for Customer Support Professionals with Help Scout in March. That sounds very useful. That's like the quintessential uh, working group that needs snippets, along with Text Expander Beginner, Advanced, and Teams webinars, so your whole team can learn to use it. You can sign up for those webinars now at textexpander.com. Christina, what expansion, what snippet are you enjoying the most in your life right now? God, I have so many that I use. Um, I mean, it's really interesting. I have like, I always talk about my ASCII uh, emo- um, emoticons, which are really fun. Um, but I think my favorite ones are some of my different shell scripts that I have. So I have various things when I'm going into like a, a terminal, especially if I'm doing uh, some sort of demo for people where I just type in a, a couple of letters and a full shell script is is spit out that I'm able to to run and do what I need it to do. Um, also, actually, this is a new one that I, that I, uh, uh, created recently just a snippet. So there's a program called YouTube-DL, which lets you download like full videos of YouTube. And that can be useful for lots of reasons. And when I prepare this week on Channel 9 every week, I get thumbnails from videos sometimes to use um, in like our um, uh, graphic assets as I'm talking about a story. Well, I usually, what I used to do was I used to use like a website where I would put in a URL and and grab the thumbnail from that. It'd be like, you know, it, it would go through the YouTube video or, or wherever and, and grab the thumbnail from that. Wow. And that was kind of a time-consuming process. I found a um, command line snippet that I can enter using YouTube DL where I can enter in the URL. I can put in a couple of other um, things and it'll just download the thumbnail, not any of the video stuff, and put it in a folder of my choosing. Do you think they teach you that in the advanced text expander webinars? Maybe Probably. you should teach the webinars. 
I'd be happy to. But yeah, I'm sure they would. I mean, all I've done is just basically attach that snippet to a text expander thing. So I type in three characters and it outputs what I want into my command line. So I don't have to remember that whole like long string Dude. of text that I found. And then it just, you know, downloads what I need need it for. So that's that's my latest uh, fun text expander snippet. Text Expander is available from Mac OS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. And Rocket listeners get 20% off their first year. Just go to textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander. That's textexpander.com slash podcast. If you've been meaning to try it, now is the time with 20% off, baby. Textexpander.com slash podcast. Thank you so much, Text Expander and our friends at Smile for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right. So we have covered the potential rumored sleep support and oxygenation, blood oxygenation tracking. Oxygenation. Um, oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> um, what do we think about the potential tachymeter feature? So I had to look this up. Um, this looks like a thing that big old watch nerds would be super excited about. Yeah, I think it's ugly, so I don't care, but yay for Watch Nerds. Watch Nerds, we love you. Um, So there is, let's talk about the iPad, the iOS rumor. So additionally, <laughs> there is rumored to be more sophisticated mouse cursor support in the next edition of iOS, uh, which would feature cursor changing, such as when hovering over a different kind of thing. iOS 13 introduced rudimentary cursor support. Um, but this would be just the, a more, um, oof, what is the word? Granular. Robust. Not granular? Oh, robust. Granular, yeah. Robust, that's the word. Um, such as you see in Mac OS where your cursor can be a little line. It can be an arrow. It can be a finger. Um, also coming along with this, potentially a trackpad to the iPad smart keyboard with tap to click support. What Praise do we all the think Lord. about this? Praise, Praise the, the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's my it's how I feel. It's finally time. A whole keyboard, a real keyboard. No, okay, look, real talk. I I love my iPad Pro. I'm very pro iPad Pro. But it it sucks. I'm sorry. Apple said they were gonna like double down on keyboard shortcuts and and help you get around the fact that there's not a cursor there. And um <clears throat> excuse me, last time I had a really long writing deadline, my keyboard on my Mac uh, my MacBook broke and I was stuck with my iPad Pro is the only thing I had in the house to write with. And I had to write uh two thousand words on crunch. I think this was for the Times. <laughs> on my iPad, it was a terrible, terrible, terrible experience. Like you get gorilla arm, like going up to select words. So I really think that this compromise could really be the thing that pushes the iPad Pro into really being a viable uh, replacement to a laptop. How do both of you feel? Yeah, absolutely. It's the only, I mean, aside from more ports, the big feature that is missing between those two devices yeah, totally. I mean that well that's the thing, right? It's it becomes really it becomes really interesting, right? Where you're kind of like, all right, what where where does where does Mac OS end and I, iPad OS begin, right? Like I think that that question is just going to come up even more. But at the same time, like that's an existential uh crisis that frankly Apple has had a decade to address and uh, uh I'm I'm ready I'm ready for them to have uh, a proper cursor support and and, and some sort of trackpad in iPad OS because it is kind of getting ridiculous to your point, Brie, where if you're wanting to use this as your primary computing platform, there are a lot of things you can do on it that are great. And then there are a lot of things where I think Real Arms is the perfect um, uh, description of that. And, and that's true even if you're using an external keyboard, right? Like even more true if you're using an external keyboard where you're having to, you know, constantly like lift your hand up to select things and 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 it makes it harder to to, you know, be very specific about where you want to touch. And uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I hope to see more of that and see maybe more of the power. I think most of us would like to see more parts of the Mac come to iPadOS rather than see more parts of iPadOS come to the Mac. At least that's that's my take. Yeah, and I, I think it makes it way more competitive and it also kind of raises, it, it makes me wonder what the price is going to be because if, it has the trackpad it really really as you said Brie becomes a viable laptop replacement it's competing with uh the like macbook air it's competing i think with some other small notebooks um and it's also 
super, super duper expensive. So I'm, I'm curious about what the competitive pricing will be on a smart keyboard with a trackpad. So, and I couldn't agree more. Um, I also think, you know, there was a lot of discussion when iOS first came out. And I think Daring Fireball really, and John Gruber really set the conversation about this. And this was when we were really figuring out what the difference was between an iOS device and and, and the Mac. Uh, if you remember, this was the era that Apple was putting out like Launchpad on the, the Mac and people really freaked yep. out. They were like, oh, you're, you're going to make Mac like the iPad. And people really, really wanted it to be distinct. And when the iPad first came out, there were people that were very, very anti-trackpad for what I think are really good reasons. Because yeah, Steve Jobs most most uh like directly, like he was very much that the, the, the center of that. Sorry, absolutely. Go on. No, 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 you're you're dead on. And the reason for that is when you're coming up with a paradigm about how to use a device like this, the thing from a UI perspective that makes the iPad and iOS different than a Mac is there's no layer of indirection. If I'm using a mouse, then the mouse influences where the cursor goes, which is what selects things. Uh, If you have your finger, there's no indirection at all. You're just touching what you want. And I think that was the right decision back in 2008. I think today in 2020, I think the fundamental paradigms of how the iPad and iPhone work are so baked in that if they started like, I, it's hard to imagine an Apple that would compromise the the convenience of the the touch paradigm to prioritize the trackpad and make bad decisions there. So I think at this point, it can really be something that's just uh, that's supplementing it rather than um, driving the way that design mm-hmm. decisions are used. Uh, would you agree with that, Christina? Yeah, I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. I think another aspect of it is that, I mean, the, the paradigm is more baked in, but also consumers are far more sophisticated. Um, we're, we're very, very savvy about changing tech norms like especially ch- children the children um there would be zero confusion about a device where there was a cursor but then you could also use the screen to touch it um so i think it's just an example of how much we our brains are are kind of evolving to keep up with the technology we're creating definitely sick let's talk about headphone leaks baby yeah so we're we're still on the nine to five Mac leak train. However, okay, can we back up? Can we back up one second? Yeah. And I just, however, they got access to iOS fourteen. Are you so jealous? I, I am, but also like this is massive, and and it's not getting enough discussion in my mind. I was like, however, like what are you doing, Apple? Like this has happened multiple times now. Like it's been bad enough when it happens be- right before WWDC, and when you know people find like um, maybe when when like leaked like not leaked but like locked copies like of of, of, of gold uh, you know releases like hit and and nine to five mac or other places find it like that's bad right um usually because the the servers uh, uh haven't like the files have been just on open servers that people have been able to grab or whatever but i mean this is where we're talking at the very least you know two and a half three months before um this would be presumably announced. So for mm-hmm. them to get access to these leaks and then be able to get access to them close enough to look at the code level. Wow. So wow. I know how this happened, actually, because uh, on Twitter yesterday, 9to5Max uh, 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 EIC, yeah. was uh, he was on the show with me. And I was like, wow, Seth is being really quiet today <gasps> on the show. He's barely saying anything. That's not like him. It comes to the end, and he was telling us that someone came and uh, actually delivered a, a phone with iOS uh, 14 on oh my it God. to one of it to him in New York. Oh my! I was gosh. joking. I'm like, oh, did did someone give it to you in a trench coat? He was like, uh, I really can't say. That's and amazing. Then, no identifying yeah, details. And then it publishes, and we're just like story, 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 story. And what was so funny is when Twit started yesterday, I was like, Yes, yeah, Seth. I feel like Rocket needs to write you a check because we cover your story so often <laughs> on our show. Why did you say here it? Here we are today. It's a whole show about nine. He's going to call up and be like, all right. <laughs> I also bet him $1,000 about the Theranos trial. So we'll have to oh see. Oh, my God. You're goes. out of control. No, I'm joking. Wait, wait. I'm joking. Did That's you... a joke. Okay. I was going to say, if you bet Christina <laughs> that she would go to jail and then bet Seth right. that she wouldn't. 
You could come out even. So, yes, exactly. (laughs) All right. Um, So we'll go into this next iOS 14 leak, and then there's another headphone leak. Don't worry. This one's from a totally different source, so it's fine. Both are on (laughs) 9to5Mac. Thank you, world. Um, Within iOS 14, two icons that seem to represent over-the-ear wireless headphones were found in the code which indicates that it may be almost time for apple to release its over-the-ear headphones uh the icons appear to be either like there's definitely a white pair of headphones and then another pair that is either black or space gray uh when nine to five mac reports um but but, but, this is huge for me what do we think they're going to be called right oh (gasps) oh airpods i'm thinking earphones yeah, earphones. That's, that's it. So yeah. silly. Yeah, but what else can they be called? Like not beats, unbeats? No, you're that's all it could be possibly be called. Uh I would not take that bet. Yeah, because we've got ear pods that are pods that go in the ear and are wired. We've got air pods that are pods that go in the ear that are unwired. Yeah, I think you're right. It's gotta be earphones. Yeah, is there like another is there another name for like headphones? Like Air cans? Like, I don't know. Air cans. Ugh. They are very consistent with their naming for these particular devices, so. (sighs) But, but, okay, Simone, why are you so excited about these, and why would you not just buy Beats? Okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. Because I have not invested in the wireless headphones so far. The reason I haven't done the pods is because I am convinced that I will throw them onto the subway tracks. Why have I not? Well, here's the thing. I did ask for wireless headphones for Christmas, and my dad got me a neck warmer. So, like, what I, and I love it. It's great. I wouldn't give it back. It's very cute and stylish, but that's my problem. I'm cheap. Uh, But, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I guess I'm just, I guess I'm just wondering why you think these are going to be cheaper. Well, because the Beats, Beats have kind of, contested quality about them like you love them a lot of people think they're just super duper bassy i personally still use the ear pods i always have to pause before i say it to make sure i'm about to say the right thing i still use ear pods for me i think having apple manufactured headphones presumably with the same earbud quality that i'm used to but just a little better with sound isolation um that are part of you know like really baked into the ecosystem that I'm already in, I could see myself saying that I would buy them and then not doing it for five years. Don't you agree? Yeah. Isn't Doesn't that sound like me? Doesn't that sound like something I would do? It sounds completely like something you would do. And yeah. look, I'm just very excited for you to get new um, uh, headphones, whether they're earphones or or anything else. I'm just excited for you to get some, to go wireless. Well, That's, I'm just excited about that. I do. I really honestly do wish it would happen. Also, Christina, I can stop judging you for like having that wire stuck in your phone when you're doing that. Uh, like, I have been talking me all kinds of smack. Every yeah. time I'm going around my house with my headphones in and my <laughs> phone in my pocket and I walk through a doorway and the cord gets caught on the doorknob um, and my earphones are jerked out of my ears, I... I'm embarrassed to be with me. So, (laughs) you know. (laughs) All right. The next headphone rumor, um, they have been, they have been given, they have obtained, they have obtained, quote unquote, obtained videos of the new uh, Powerbeats 4 headphones. So these are the -the over-the-ear pods. Um, Win Future has also reported the specs of these pods and marketing photos that have leaked. So, um, how do you do? Are do are you guys fans of these over earbuds? Brie loves these, right? Don't you love these, Brie? Oh, these are your running phones, aren't they? Well, they used to be. I I I I've come to love the AirPods more just because the uh, you know the cord around the back of it is kind of a pain in the butt, and the the things that the earbud 
things get very dirty. So I think it's a great design. Um, personally, I think the AirPods are really tough to uh, to beat for running, and I run all the time. Uh, so I didn't see anything in this that made me go, okay, this is something that is going to be uh, better. I also think you've got the Powerbeats Pro out there. I haven't bought a pair yet. I thought really hard of it about getting some a couple weeks ago. Uh, but you know, these are by all reports an excellent, excellent product. And it's it's hard for me to understand other than money why someone would go for these versus uh, you know, the Powerbeats Pro, which don't have the wire between them and are just, you know, very well made. See, as a runner, you don't like to have the wire? No, no, it's terrible. Oh. Uh, it gets all sweaty. Ew. And, okay. You know, yeah, you it's gross. Me. Yeah. So these do the uh Powerbeats Pro have series support? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, they do. Okay, yeah, they do. do that? Yeah. So that's that's something that's in these too, but that's not a that's not a new update. Yeah. For... I, I well, I think that's the new thing. I no, I think the update thing is that like you don't have to press like the button. Oh, like I think for they hey put... Siri. Gotcha. 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 Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's the new thing that they they would have that just like the AirPod Pros do, right? So that you can just talk to it and and you know it would be able to pick it up rather than having to you know press the button on the side. Yep. Can I just say? Them calling the voice-activated support, hey, Siri. And that I'm so sorry to everyone that I just actually seriously <laughs> disactivated to differentiate it from plain old Siri. Bad choice. Don't like it because my brain does not compute that when I read it. Um. Anyway, so, okay, so you're not excited about these ones. You don't like the cord. It gets sweaty. And we already have the AirPods and the AirPods Pro, which yeah. you like for running. Okay. Well, and 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 then you have the the Beats um the Beats Power X or whatever the Beats X right like yeah those two which I think those for some people are maybe better if you wanted something that could fit in your ear for running but you were afraid of AirPods falling out like I'm still at the point I'm I'm gonna be honest I would be afraid to run in my AirPods Pros yeah. I think that's fair. I have a a pair of beat sacks that I leave in my uh, glove compartment just in case I get to the gym and I forgot to bring my AirPods with me that are like my backup pair. It's a, it's a really good product. I love the magnetic way that clasps into like a physical necklace. So you won't lose it. Um, so I think if for money reasons, you don't want to spend that much on uh, AirPods or you're worried about losing it. I, I personally think it's the second best uh, product on the market. All right. I'm glad you brought up the thing about the sweaty cord because I wouldn't have thought of that. Um, oh, it's terrible. I also just call out to two two notes for our listeners. One, I'm sorry about all the things that I've said I would buy on this show and then didn't buy. Two, if anyone wants to make a compilation of all the times that I said I was excited about something and would definitely buy it, um, I will block you on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> do All it right. do it do it do it in my defense i do sometimes spend money um i just bought the epic local pass and that was seven hundred dollars but it means i can ski a lot next year so you know we all make choices that's good you'll be able to tell your granddaughters what snow was that yeah i cannot wait to experience the final years of snow on this earth um, let's talk about Scamtown. <laughs> Who wants to deliver for me the story about the eye backpack? Okay. So uh, this episode of Scamtown is all about uh, Kickstarter scams, which it's been a while since we've had a good crowdfunding scam. Am I right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is this is a good one. So uh, uh, frequent listeners may uh, recall... I think we talked about the coolest cooler a number of times, mm-hmm. which at one time was, which I think still is, like I, like one of the at one time it was the the highest grossing uh, Kickstarter of all time, and then something replaced it. I think one of the Pebbles replaced it, but it's still like one of the top grossing Kickstarters ever. That company actually officially went out of business a few months ago because uh, without delivering um, coolers to you know something like like still I think they owed you know twenty thousand backers coolers um people who paid you know four hundred dollars for a cooler in like 2014 you know years later didn't have anything to show for it and the company went out of business and and in that case that wasn't really so much of a scam as it was people just not knowing how like manufacturing works and making things for way too 
way under what it actually cost and then making making other bad uh, decisions. Well, this story is really interesting. This is a great long read in The Verge. Everybody should totally read the whole article. Ashley Carmen wrote about it, and there was this gadget that I'd never actually heard of, and it was called the iBackpack. And it was like this super backpack that had like a battery charger and like a Wi-Fi thing, and it was made of Kevlar and like, you know, had RFID protecting things and had um, all kinds of other plugs you could just plug everything into it and was like just this super gadget backpack. Now, this sounds like something that I would back. So I'm actually kind of shocked that I did not back this. I am too. Uh, uh, but I'm also very glad. So apparently it went up on Kickstarter in 20 or Indiegogo, which has much more lax rules than Kickstarter. It went on Indiegogo in 2015 and raised $720,910 by 4,000 backers. And then it raised $76,694 off of Kickstarter. And, um, so, you know, basically over $800,000, uh, was, was raised on this thing and shocker, uh, years later, no one ever got an eye backpack. Um, and, um, it, it's, it's very, very unclear if it ever even like there was ever even a prototype for an eye backpack to begin with. And it's actually, it's a really interesting story about this guy, Doug Monahan, who, um, uh, uh, Ashley tracked down and met in Texas, and he's kind of this old guy who claims that you know it's just a lot of bad luck, and he just had a failed business, and you know there's there's just that's just what happened. They hundred thousand dollars to go into making a backpack, just that's it, just you know just wasn't able to make it work, and and too bad, but there wasn't any fraud. That's not what the government and various lawyers are are saying, though, or what the people who you know put down money for this backpack um, are are thinking. So, and it's even it goes all the way back. So he has a whole backstory of how yes. he came up with the idea because his phone ran out of charge at his girlfriend's house, and then people that he worked with are saying, "No, it wasn't his idea." It didn't come from him at all. Yeah, he stole this from someone else. And then it turns out that he has shady, you know, uh, past ventures that have also ended in turmoil and, and with people being upset. And and he, you know, um, as as anything that anyone can see, it's like there's never actually been like a – no one's actually ever seen a prototype of this thing working. You know, it just seemed like, okay, fanciful idea – raised money people paid you know $75 um uh for um you know $159 rather for 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 the bulletproof backpack at $169 you know, for what some of the options were you could pay you know up to to $300 if you wanted to get models with with Wi-Fi and all kinds of other gadgets on it i mean you know you could really go all out and spend a lot of money on this on this backpack that never existed and um basically uh i mean not only does this seem like this was a bad uh, scam um, in terms of like just this was poorly handled and and maybe like the logistics and things weren't well done, but this also seems like this was just like you know somebody who had no history of ever no one ever should have taken a person like this seriously, you know, like yeah. to be able to put put a product like this out there. Like it's one thing if if you have people who actually do create prototypes, maybe they don't know how to run a business, but they do at least have an idea. Maybe it fails, and a lot of times it does, and that's a lesson everybody has learned from crowdfunding. But in another case, like this is somebody who just seems like he claimed he had an idea, had no way of ever putting anything together. It's not clear to me if this was like outwardly designed to be a scam, but since the expenses that he gave Ashley Carmen included like his own meals and Bitcoin and rent and other things, it certainly looks like he just kind of was living off of the the money that the backers gave him until people started mm. being like, where's my backpack? But the thing yeah. about people like that is I honestly, I would believe if he thought he wasn't doing anything wrong. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but um, like, but, but like, it doesn't seem like he had, like, okay, Coolest Cooler, for instance, they're not a scam. Like they had factories. They were they were completely incompetent, right? Like they, <laughs> they were, completely, were trying. They were completely incompetent, but they had factories and they had designers and they had employees and like they just they didn't do it right. Like they were bad at it. But it wasn't as if you know. But it but they had people working on things. They had like they were sourcing components. It's not clear to me if he was ever sourcing or working with anybody on anything. You know. Right. And that's, so to me, legally, one of the ways that uh, you obviously can't look into someone's head and determine what they're thinking for a lawsuit and certainly a criminal case, but you can't infer 
what people were thinking from their actions. And to me, you know, Kickstarters fail. That's just a fact. When you you sign up for a Kickstarter, it makes it very clear it's not a store. And, you know, you're investing in an idea and hoping it turns out. There's absolutely risk involved with this. But to me, the thing that... um makes me feel like this is a case that's worth the court's time is his action. So one of the things that Ashley gets into with this article is looking at the, uh, the way he recruited his employees. So, uh, this is at the top. So he would find people to do like data entry on the Kickstarters and there would be just, just kids that were yep. interested in the idea and they would get paid $50 and never get paid again for all of this. That to me infers that he's not serious about building staff. If you look at, uh, the, he, she gets into how he actually built up the, uh, supply lines to, mm-hmm. to build this, uh, this product. And, you know, is he talking to experts? Does he bring, bring on people manufacturing expertise. Uh, no, he's texting random people on the internet and saying, hey, can you please help me for free? To me, the, those actions all add up to something that doesn't, um, it, it doesn't seem like someone is seriously trying to bring a product to fruition. So I Absolutely. think that that is what makes me feel like this is very much worth the court's time. Mm-hmm. No, I, I 1000% agree. It's just, you know, and it's definitely, I think, probably worth the court's time to look into this and try to get their money back. But at a certain point, like just the, the the profile of this guy and he's older and seems kind of a sad sack and the photos are of him, like, you know, um, you know, like smoking on his, like, you know, um, uh, uh, cigarellos and, and, you know, there's like a photo of him, like at his house where he's got like, you know, his kitchen where he's like, like lots of Pepto-Bismol. It's kind of sad, right? Like, yeah. Liquor and Pepto-Bismol. It's a very depressing energy. uh, Completely. The, the, the guy, I'm just saying like, I, I'm look. I'm not in, in any way opposed to the, to the courts going after him. You're just wondering, is like nobody's ever going to get anything from this. Like you're you're really trying to get like blood from a turnip at that. You oh, know what I mean? I disagree. I think it's the this is as her story notes. This is only the second time in history that uh, basically justice departments got involved in a a crowdfunding case. I do think that it is. I think it is very much in the public interest to to have the courts begin to set some standards. I, I, look, I yeah. agree with that. I, that yeah. I'm 100% agree with. What I'm saying is, is that what they're going to get from this, I'm, 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 I'm all about the courts going after this, and I'm glad that, that, that this action is being taken, um, you know, especially since it's only the second time. What I'm saying is, is that the end result, like this guy, you're not getting $800,000 from this guy. You're not no, getting, no, no. you're not right, getting $80 yeah. from this guy. So any of the people who were like, who lost their money on this, like you will never see a cent from this. And, and hopefully it can maybe serve as case law and serve as a deterrent for other people to do other things. But this is the sort of person who, unfortunately, even though by, by, you know, based on Ashley's, you know, great reporting, it definitely seems like this is somebody who did not, you know, was not on the up and up and 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 it seems like there's very good reason why the government is looking into him um this is not the sort of person like you know you're not finding somebody who's like oh you know spending large and and having you know the the money you know stocked away someplace else it's like it's gone and you're never going to get it back unfortunately it's also i think the exception that proves the rule to what i always say about money making more money and that this appears to be a person who had a lot of money at one point from a a successful um shoot, was it an app from a successful uh, company called Rainmaker that he no longer has. Um, So he did sell a company for $3.5 million at one point, according to an SEC filing. Um, But that money didn't make more money. No, definitely. So I, I, I said I just want to make a correction. I said the Justice Department was going after him. That's not true. It's the Federal Trade Commission. So this, Good old this is SEC, right? Right. So this is. Are they going after him in civil court or criminal court? Do we do we know that? I'm pretty sure it's it's, it's civil. I mean, it's, it's uh, yeah, and then, and then there'd be maybe potentially like a, a a criminal proceeding from the state of Texas, but I'm not sure. But I but I would assume the FTC would be civil, right? So that would make sense if there's the investigation, then the investigation leads to the charges. That makes a lot of sense to me. So I I I do think that it would be I think it would be very much in the public interest to have the FTC look into this. 
um, determine if this person's a bad actor and set some guidelines about this. How do you determine what is a fraudulent Kickstarter from a, a legitimate Kickstarter? I think I think that kind of uh, regulatory clarity would be very helpful because I think there are sometimes I see, especially in YouTube. I mean, uh, Simone, you have to see this because the whole hmm. game developer, uh, angry gamer on YouTube screaming at indie game yeah. developer who yep. tried to make a game and failed is a a terrible subgenre. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I do think there are uh, legitimate people out there that try to do stuff, and it's like, oh, oh my gosh, game development! I can't make an MMO for twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, crap. there's like feature creep. There's just right. all kinds of problems that can crop up with game development. Sure. So I think that kind of uh, regulatory clarity would be very helpful for all all involved, like both uh, people and having a path to getting their money back and all of that. But um, I, I'm curious, like, Christina, because you've covered some real, I don't want to say the word, <laughs> through your reporting. Yeah. I, something I thought was a really interesting choice with Ashley here, and I'd love to know what you feel about this as a journalist, is she gets into... Um, like his sexist comments and his homophobic comments and a lot of that other stuff, which I feel like if you're arguing, if she's there to argue about the merits of the case, does getting into this guy's like uh, views on gay rights, is that relevant to the story? Because I kind of felt like it weakened the story. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I would need to read it more closely to see. I'm with you. I usually probably wouldn't put that in there unless you're trying to unless the unless his argument is I couldn't possibly scam people because of my moral character. Right. If the question becomes then about the moral character, then I think you can say, okay, but there are these past examples where the moral character was not abstaining and right. and went against that. But if that's not part of the defense, so to speak, I'm not sure how relevant that is to things unless it was tied into you know, maybe some of his his broader business dealings or, or or other things, if that makes any sense. I think there's also potentially, I, I think this would be a bad faith argument, to be clear, but I think there could be the argument that her writing about him and considering him in this, like, you know, going down there and spending time with him and reporting his side as well as what everyone else is saying, I think people could make the argument that she was being too nice to him. Um, and that could be a, a way, whether or not we like it, of um, combating that yeah. argument. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I still feel like, I don't feel like that's the proper way to respond to that critique. I think that the critique, I think that is if you're going to be critical of the person, if you're going to, you know, provide what you believe is the truth based on on your exposure, then if somebody is going to come at you and be like, well, you took their side of the story. So you need to say every horrible thing that's ever been said about them. I don't know if that makes sense. If the mm-hmm. horrible things people have said about them don't have any relation to like the story itself. Well, it all, I mean, the people who said, who reported those comments to her were people who worked for him. Right. And so, I mean, right again, I mean, I would need to see the framing and see like, was this kind of like the, was it a bad work environment in this, this, in this way, including these things, or is that just kind of a, a thing that's, that's seeming out of place. Um, I, I, like I said, I would need to read it more closely. I'm not opposed to having those sorts of things in there, but at the same time, I would feel like there would need to be, at least if I were writing the story, there would need to be um, a reason to include those types of mm-hmm. um, uh, accusations, which I will give her credit. She does at least like put it to him and he's able to respond. I, I would have a much bigger problem if she put those sorts of you know, accusations there and and he wasn't able to respond to them and they mm-hmm. were just kind of out there, right? So at least he's yeah. able to respond to them and 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 he says they're not true. I do wonder in the context of of the of the broader story if it's relevant, but if it's trying to be a profile not just of this particular case, but also the sorts of work environment that he cultivated, sure. Maybe maybe there's a case to be made to include that. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's the difference because I think I think the his ability to recruit a team and credible people there that is very much an issue at play in the story. And as a reader, I I read this and it it comes across as very credible that he's not trying to put together a, a good team. And the treatment of women that they get into in this story is very much a part of that, right? Um, I, I would even go so far like he's hitting on her at the end of the story, which is deeply uncomfortable. That is fair to get into, totally. I think. 
I I just it's it's hard unless there were gay people on the team and the story doesn't say that. It I just, does actually. It, oh, um, does it? Okay, yeah, did I miss that? The two yeah. people, uh, the two men, uh, were dating, and he told them to break up. Okay, um, well then that's very relevant. Then. Yeah, so yeah, totally. That, that has to do with workplace conduct. And so then there's a woman that fair. he allegedly yeah. alleged. Let me put put an allegedly. By the way, I definitely said it. Um, there's a allegedly. woman that he allegedly didn't pay. Um, because of her looks that worked for him According as well. This is reported yeah. by uh, Wally Cruz, who's a contractor who uh, worked for iBackpack. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Dope. Definitely a we scam, love it. We in love my to opinion. See it. Um, hey, Brianna, what are you doing this week? Oh, my gosh. Um, we have a huge fundraiser. I believe it's on Thursday. Um, I'm speaking at DTC. Uh, we're 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 doing a big speech uh, tomorrow night, uh, which is why we're recording early this week. I've got another two speeches on Saturday. I've got an event on Sunday, and I've got about thirty hours of call time to do in between here and there. And I've got three ads to produce this week. So hey, it's a busy wow. week, and we're opening up a new office in South Boston. So wash your I've got hands. Stuff to do. Don't yes. touch your face. I was literally touching my face as you were saying that. Oh, Dude, no, I'm going to die. <laughs> I li- can I tell you something? Here's what I did this week. I went in to one of the single bathrooms at work. I washed my hands. I scratched my face. I scratched my nose. I scratched like right next to my eye. I scratched my forehead. Then I washed my hands again. And then I left <laughs> the private bathroom. <laughs> I touched all over my face. It was so worth it. Christina, what are you doing this week? Well, I'm getting on an airplane to go to New York City so that I can see Dashboard Confessional in two shows on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, so, yay, rock you. on. I'm going to be around I'm going to be around so many people and I I'm going to get you. so exposed to so many things and it's worth it. Worth it. So I was gonna say that we should meet up, but I don't think I will. I hope you won't take Fair. it personally. No, that's completely fine. I mean, if if you wanted to meet it before I go to the concert tomorrow, that'd be fine. But uh, that's otherwise, okay. I, yeah, that's that's otherwise, like I'm completely down with with with. I respect your uh, your decision to to stay away from me. That's completely fine. Uh, I'm also gonna go see Jagged Little Pill the musical, which looks god awful, and I cannot wait to share with you all the um just what genuinely looks like the worst musical I've ever seen in my entire life. Thank you, Diablo Cody, for turning the soundtrack of my childhood into (sighs) what I'm positive is going to be just a horrific, horrific experience that I cannot wait to experience live. So uh, that's what I'm doing. My my spring break uh, is unfortunately going to be a little bit less fun than I was planning on it because, you know, uh, people are freaked out about travel. But um, Dashboard waits for no one. So That's so true. Your favorite band doesn't celebrate its 20th anniversary like every year, guys. So I'm doing it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be. I'm going to. I'm. I'm. I'm going to brave, brave the airplanes. Uh, for uh, do, doing it for emo kids go hard. So that's that's you know it. What I think Christina. I think a damn car ran <laughs> over you, and you were like at work the next day. That's true. I think coronavirus. Like what Didn't could a bus happen? Run her over. Right. No, no, I was I was hit by the SUV thrown under the bus. Oh, right. Let, gotcha. Let's be accurate here. So I think if you do get coronavirus, I think scientists should then study your blood because that's where the cure comes from for humankind that saves the human race. That's my belief. Thank that's you, my Christina, hunch. for your contribution. <laughs> well, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me at Brianna Wu. And if you want to donate to my congressional campaign, you can do that at supportbrianna.com. Uh, uh, Christina, what about you? You can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. Oh, Christina's Hotel Tours. We're going to have a very, 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 very special episode of Christina Hotel's Tours this week where <laughs> I am at um, 11 Howard, which is uh, the Anna Delvey Hotel. So, oh my Whoa. God, you aren't. I oh am. My God. Oh my God. I, I, I am. I had to. I had to. I had to embrace my inner scamster. Even though Rachel Deloche Williams is our friend and I feel really bad about everything she went through, I still had to stay at the Anna Delvey Hotel because if I didn't, then I wouldn't be able to forgive myself. So, 
tune into my Instagram, film underscore girl, to see uh, that tour. And uh, you can find the videos that I do at work at youtube.com slash Microsoft Developer. Our studio was closed for like at least a week, but you can see my last episode where I'm rocking a really great um, Sub Pop shirt that everyone seemed to really appreciate. So uh, uh, Microsoft, youtube.com slash Microsoft Developer and film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. Yay. You gotta go through Rachel's book and like find out all the famous scenes of what happened there. That's that's and what then I was take thinking. Pictures of yourself there. Oh, that's such a good idea. I'm gonna do it. That's a really good idea. See, now you've gotta hang out with Simone because like you've gotta decide who's who, who's Rachel and who's Anna Delvey, and you've gotta reenact it. This is like the one thing that you could do to tempt me out of my my week of quarantine. I was going to say, Simone, if I bring you a mask, because I have masks that I bought like, like a couple months ago. Scientifically, they don't work. I, I understand this, but they have emoticons on them. That's very cute. Maybe. I'll let you know. I did make okay. a vow to not do anything this week because I'm going <laughs> to a dude ranch this weekend. Um, oh, well, you're you're gonna get it from the horses anyway, dude. Come on, just just come I'm hang. Gonna with get me it from and, the horses. And, absolutely, just come and just just come and hang with me in at, at the Anna Delvey Hotel. You know you want to. All right, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar, <laughs> and my videos are at YouTube.com/slash/Polygon. One coming out not this week, but next week. Um, and that Quibi, that Quibi's launching. Um, hey, we announced our host. Jimmy Mondel, and I'm going to tell you guys a thing that I'm very quickly looking up. So it turns out Quibi is offering a trial. This is the wrong website. Um, You can get 90 days free of Quibi if you sign up at Quibi.com before the launch on April 6th. 6th? 6th? The most worst word that I could possibly say. So Sixth. if you're interested in checking out the programming on that new app you can do that at quibi.com baby Woohoo! um hey thanks so much everyone for listening to this episode of rocket if you liked it please leave us a review on apple podcasts and tell a friend about it because that's very helpful to us this episode of rocket is terminated terminated terminated, terminated.